confidence becomes her. A woman that embodies the true essence of her being. On this journey, she discovers who she is and what she carries, her value, her worth, her uniqueness to which no one can strip her of. Confidence becomes her. She's ever evolving, ever growing into her greatness. She is multifaceted. With each new chapter of her life comes the reveal of something spectacular. Another level of her giftings like a present being unwrapped. She's like a treasure box, a never-ending supply of hidden treasures, gems and jewels that surface as she walks through every trial and circumstance life throws her way. She is resilient a world changer. She's a masterpiece, a work of art, one of a kind. Confidence becomes her. Welcome to the Confidence Becomes Her podcast, where our mission is to help you upgrade your confidence, embrace your uniqueness, and step into your greatness. I am Marlene Abar from MarleneAbar.com, your confidence coach and mentor. This is season 10, episode 85 called What is Trauma? Before we dive in, I want to first welcome you, especially if you are new around here. Welcome, welcome. It's so good to have you. Be sure to stick around because there is a whole lot of goodness in store for you right here. Here. Okay. <laughs> so, our theme this season is called Healing the Child Within. Healing the Child Within. And we're going to be working through and healing through childhood trauma. In today's episode, we first get to learn quite a bit about our therapist. Her name is Kristen Blackshear. We get to learn about what qualifies her to do this. I love how she shares with us really in depth her personal life story along with her journey on how and why she became a therapist. We also get to chat a bit about what trauma really is, and even some of the categories of trauma. I'm going to read her bio really quick, and then I'm going to play the first part of our first session with her. Okay, so Kristen Blackshear, with a five, she has five plus years experience in the medical and mental health field. She is an alumnus of Stephen F. Austin State University, where she earned a Master of Social Work degree. Kristen's commitment to mental health and wellness has pushed her to her current status of doctoral candidate. She is dedicated, fun, knowledgeable, and relatable. The combination of each of these qualities helps her clients to know that with her, they have a safe space to heal and grow. Through education and experience, Kristen can address various issues. However, her specialties include trauma-informed care, cultural diversity concerns, and understanding family systems. Kristen's approach to therapy involves meeting each client where they are, forming a partnership to problem solve, and walking through life's challenges. In turn, clients have been able to identify and develop their strengths to realize their inherent resiliency, which she firmly believes supports long-term healing and growth 
through therapy. Her pledge to each client is that they will walk forward with strength, power, and longevity. All right, let's go. Well, hello and welcome to the Confidence Becomes Her podcast, Miss Kristen Blackshare. How are you today? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so excited to have you. (laughs) I'm super excited. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm going to actually let you introduce yourself. So I want you to tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, a little bit about your story, how how and why you became a therapist. So go ahead, take the mic over. Sure, sure, sure. So good evening. Uh, My name is Kristen Blackshear. You can just call me Kristen. Um, Professionally, I am a licensed clinical social worker in Texas, uh, and that makes me a licensed therapist. So sometimes people don't know that clinical social workers are also therapists, um, but we are. And I'm a uh, social worker, social worker, which means I love being a social worker. Uh, and then I'm also wrapping up my dissertation uh, for my doctor of social work. So God willing, that'll be done this month. Um, and so I can kind of be done with school, at least in that sense. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of other classes I want to take. Mm-hmm. I was uh, born and raised in Houston, Texas. And <laughs> I love this city. Um, <laughs> listen, God, God loves Houston. Uh, and so... Uh, how I got started in therapy. So actually as a becoming a therapist. So when I started graduate school in 2013, um, I wasn't, I don't know, it's kind of interesting. So when I was little, I actually just recently found some old journals and I wrote, I want to be a child psychologist when I was in like middle school and high school. And I don't think I really knew what that meant. I think I knew that that meant I got to talk to children um, and help children, but I don't think that I really knew how how deep that help would be. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't really know what it even meant to really be a psychologist, I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. But I just always said I wanted to be a teacher or a child psychologist. And so um, by the time I went to grad school in 2013, I kind of shifted my perspective and I was really focused on working with communities and large organizations to -hmm. develop and assess uh, systems and processes that impact people that receive social services. Mm -hmm. So um, because I knew so many people that were getting food stamps or, you know, they live in the neighborhood and they don't have a good park or all of these kind of direct social service type situations, I wanted to work with the people at the top that made the, um, the the decisions essentially because I wanted us to make decisions that were right for people, not necessarily just right for money or right, right for status. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of moved away, specifically, I moved away from clinical things. And I remember saying like all of our internships, we had to do too. And I remember saying, no, I don't, I don't want to do anything clinical. I don't want to do therapy. That's just not going to be my thing. Um, cause I just didn't, I don't know. It was crazy. I just didn't think that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I also wanted to teach social workers. That was what I still love doing as well. Um, I wanted to teach and train social workers to just be better social workers. And right. so, 
when graduation came, like close to graduation, maybe like two or three months before, I started applying for schools and community organizations and all of this stuff. And nothing was happening. Like all of my friends were getting jobs, hospitals and everything. And I was getting nothing. So I came back to Houston and um, and I graduated in August. And so in October, I ended up getting a case management job with uh, a local mental health agency. Mm-hmm. And that particular team that I joined was the only trauma-informed care, trauma-informed care team with this agency. And mm. I mean, I fell in love and I was like, these are my people. Mm. Um, being on that team, I learned so much about trauma, how to treat trauma, but more importantly, how trauma impacts us long term. Mm. And uh, I learned about systems theory and all of these things um, that really kind of made sense to me, but it felt like. Maybe people were just not aware. People just mm-hmm. didn't understand. Um, and because I grew up in church, a lot of things that the enemy had told me were just me being a bad person. Um, mm-hmm. You're just bad and you just do bad. You know, we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the enemy was like, you just do bad things and you're just a bad person. Yeah. And um, I started to understand trauma and how trauma impacts us and how trauma shows up for us and how tra- trauma shows up in us. Mm-hmm. And um, it it made me learn how to take the burden of responsibility off of myself, give it back to the enemy and then understand, okay, yeah, this happened. This is how it is still showing up in my life. Um, but this is what I can do to heal that part of my life. Mm. So the more that I learned about adverse childhood experiences, which is also called ACEs, um, and trauma, the more that I learned about it, the more that I wanted to know about it and how to implement and how to, um, how to teach other people. And so I became a uh, manager with that team and did a lot of trainings, a lot of teachings, um, did a lot of education on that. Mm-hmm. On the I just, I don't know, Miss Marlene, I really feel like it just made the pieces of my own puzzle kind of connect. Wow. This just makes sense. Wow. And if I can help other people um, understand this. The thing that I love about statistics and education is that it existed before your problem did, which for me is comforting because it's not like I'm looking for something to confirm what I feel because you can find research that confirms anything, right? So if I'm looking for something to pacify me and say, oh yeah, I'm this way because this, I could find that, but this is old research, which means it's been tried. It's been tested. Multiple people have um, understood this interventions, have understood the history of this thing, and they have solidified this, right? So mm-hmm. that that I'm not just looking for something to pacify me, but I'm looking at something that maybe helps me better understand me. And nice. that is one of my favorite things about research. So yeah, so I got into this uh got into this space of really just kind of learning all of this information about trauma and the problem was though uh cuz I'm talking about how I, how I became a therapist. So the problem was that while in my heart I knew 
okay, yeah, I still, I, I really do want to work with people and I want to help people. I was still saying, I don't like people. And I don't do <laughs> people and that was so crazy because I would like go places and be like uh-uh see I'm just going for a little bit because I don't really like people and I don't really do people but also in my heart I was like I'm here for the people so you wanted to help the people but then you were thinking you didn't like the people because I was so broken oh my <laughs> god brokenness and wounds Jesus so wow in 20 maybe 16 ish mm-hmm. um I started to see a life coach. I started to do traditional therapy. I started mm. doing Christian therapy. Um, I did a couple of sessions of deliverance because the more that I learned, the more I desired to just be healed. Mm. Um, it was not enough to just know. And then I was sharing it with all my friends. Like, look, yeah, this, this is what I'm learning. And, and this is what the Lord is doing. And this is how we can be healed. Um, and this is how we can be set free. And so the more that I knew, um, the more that I really wanted to allow God to just heal me. And so um, started in around 2016, but 2018, I really just kind of 2018 and 19, I really just kind of dove into um, what does healing look like for me? Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. um, what is it that I need to be healed from? And one of the biggest things was um, rejection. And so. Um, that's a big one for real. That is a huge one. And and I think rejection really kind of encompasses a lot of things. And I think it kind of a, a big seed that produces different kinds of fruit that we don't always commit to rejection. Mm-hmm. So the more that I started to heal in myself from rejection and, and other wounds that were in my heart, the more that I became confident that, okay, like maybe, maybe I really can show up for people. At that time, I was doing uh, medical social work because I was working hospice and the hospital. And mm. there were people that were saying like, man, you're really good working with, you know, working with people and talking to people. And um, mm-hmm. so 2021, um, October 2021, by this time in 2021, I took my clinical exam, became a clinical social worker. So I was eligible to be a therapist, but I was still I knew that I wanted to to work with people, um, but I was still very afraid, very, very afraid. And October 30th, 2021, a really good friend of mine whom I just love and whom I trust, she texted me. I had kind of been thinking about it, mm-hmm. um, uh, opening up a practice, but I was like, oh, that's a little bit silly. Why would I do that? And so... A friend of mine texted me and was like, hey, like, have you been considering a private practice? Mm. Like, why are you in my business? Why are you profiting? Reading your mail. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, why the Lord talking to you about me? <laughs> so uh, she gave me this word and she said, you know, the Lord said, if, if, if you step out there, he'll send the people to you. There are people wow. that need what you have. Mm. I was like, what I got? I ain't got <laughs> what y'all think I have? And so that was October 30th in November. I took the whole month just kind of praying about it and, you know, connecting mm. with the people that I trust to pray. And mm. they all came back and said, yeah, we think, you know, because I was like, I'm going all in, like mm-hmm. full time um, entrepreneurship. And so they were like, yeah, this is this, you know, feels feels like what the Lord is saying to do. And so um, January 23rd, I started up, well, if I'm be honest, I was trying to ease my way into it. 
and still uh. do some um, part-time other kind of social work. Mm-hmm. And then the Lord just abruptly cut that. <laughs> like, well, first of all, I was going to do this on my own time, but I guess <laughs> I So January 23rd, I officially launched my practice and um, I realized and I became more confident in uh, two things. One, I was born to walk people through hard things. I, I just believe that that's that's one of the reasons that the Lord put me on this earth is to walk with people through the middle. That's the place where I can, I feel like I help people the best. And then um, the other thing is that therapy is a ministry and an opportunity for me to serve people. I consider it a privilege to serve people in this capacity. Um, Even though they pay me, I still provide a lot of services that are not paid. You know, I'm not, it's not always for me. It's not always about the money because mm-hmm. I just trust God to take care of me. And because I am doing a service that allows me to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And mm-hmm. so I have met so many clients over the uh, last year and they are people that are like, where have you been this whole time? Like they're, it's, it's like the people that are me, the people that you know, are where I was, they find me and they find me in some really crazy ways sometimes. Wow. Um, they find me and, and and they're my people. And so um, it has just kind of, you know, going, starting in grad school and being like, no, I'm adamantly against uh, going clinical. I don't want to do mental health. That's not my thing to mm-hmm. recently um, I was unpacking and found a journal where I said I want to be a child psychologist and seeing that whole thing come full circle. Um, it, has been, it has been nothing but um, God showing that he really does know the plan, you know, and even mm-hmm. from my mother's womb, he really already had a had a desire for my life. And the last thing that I'll say is that therapy uh, because as a therapist, it is incredibly important to me to be transparent with my clients. Um, right, right. If where they are, I was there, I will say, you know, <laughs> traditionally in therapy, we are taught to not share a lot about our life. Mm. And so, of course, through wisdom and discernment, wisdom, yeah, and discernment, if what they are saying is something that I have felt um, you know, it's something that has been a struggle for me or, or an issue for me. I'll, I'll express that because I don't want people to feel what the enemy does is he makes us feel like it's just you and it's you by yourself and it's nobody yeah. Nobody else has ever been there. And so I am never afraid to expose my mm-hmm. wounds and say, no, mm-hmm. no, like me too. Yeah. Like I've been there. And yeah. I was, you know, even if I was there yesterday, I don't say that. I may say it was six months ago, you know, but I'm like, no, I've been there. And, and yeah. this is how I felt. And this is the work that I did. And I think that that is why my clients have trusted me. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think that that is what has been very healing for my clients as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've been blessed. I have really, really been blessed to do the things that I know I was born to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I got into to therapy. Wow, what an awesome, what an awesome story! And I love the fact that you're you're going against the grain. How you say traditionally, you know, you know, share uh, personal stuff with your clients, but I I know from experience that once somebody 
that you're trying to help understand that you have been exactly where they are and you crossed over and you got on the other side of that thing, man, their antennas go up and and they start listening because now they, they know that you are relatable. You're not just talking, you know, just talking the talk, but you have walked the walk. And I think, that, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think that was one of the things, one one of the reasons that that is so important to me mm-hmm. is because I remember like 2018 being in a, oh man, in 2018, I remember, it was May, and I remember um, saying to my aunt, my brain feels like a string that is about to pop. Like, I wow. ain't got nothing to give. Mm-hmm. Um, I am broken. I am sad. Um, a lot of people don't know. So my birthday was on a Sunday. My 30th birthday was on a Sunday. And that Monday I went to a hotel, stayed in the hotel that entire week, all the way to Friday. And I cried. I laid in the bed and I cried every day. I was very depressed. I was very sad. And that was really the first time I had ever considered like, okay, well, like, you know, a lot of new age stuff is coming around. Like maybe Mm -hmm. God really isn't for me, which Mm -hmm. ultimately was a lot of rejection. But at that Mm -hmm. time, I was like, I don't know, maybe because maybe this isn't for me. And, And a part of that was you look on social media or you talk to people and people say on day one, I was broken on day 30. I was whole. And that's it. And nobody says day two, I was even more broken. And day three, I had a little hope. But day four, I got knocked down again. Yeah, yeah. I was brokener than day one. <laughs> nobody says that. I'll no. tell you about the in between. No. People give you the beginning and the end. And mm-hmm. what that does for other people like me at that time is it that's where the enemy lives, in the middle. The enemy is like, mm-hmm. see, it was day one and day 30 and they good. And so what's mm-hmm. your why you can't be like that? Mm-hmm. Well, if, if if you up and then down, because of course, you know, sometimes in toxic church culture, um, you can be made to feel like if you're not good every day, then, you know, you didn't submit it to the enemy and you didn't bow to bail and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And there's no hope for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like how you, how you don't believe God can do it. Okay, I do. But also I'm human and this hurts. Right. So because there wasn't anyone exposing their middle to me. Mm-hmm. I felt like I'm getting this wrong. I cannot get this right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for whatever reason, the Lord then took his hand off my life because I know how to do church, right? But mm-hmm. I don't know how to be a child of God. Like I know how to how to put my mask on and show up and do the things and serve the people and go home. But I don't know how to be loved by God. I don't know how to surrender to God. I just know how to show up and do church. Mm. And so that week, um, I laid in the bed, cried, um, and then I go home and uh, I give me some medicine because sometimes we need to take a little medicine uh, Mm -hmm. to get ourselves to a baseline place so that we can even, you know, be prepared for therapy and and hear God. And uh, I started taking something for anxiety and depression and um, really started to lean into the the more spiritual side of of healing which was uh christian counseling deliverance inner healing and deliverance um mm-hmm. that kind of a stuff but also continuing i had a really great uh therapist at the time she was a she is a psychologist in new orleans mm-hmm. um 
So I was mixing that as well. And so I think that why kind of going back a little bit, I think that's what makes me feel like I was born to walk people through the middle is because I felt like in the middle is where I was the most lost. Mm. And um, I didn't really feel like people were, for me at that time, transparent about their middle place. That's good. That is so good. And you know what? It's so important that we are transparent with wisdom, of course, because I think especially with social media, people are a a little too right yeah, you know? too much sometimes <laughs> like pull it back pull, pull right. it in just a little right. bit put that in a book you know and edit some of it out praise the lord <laughs> but you know seriously there there is there is some importance to uh being transparent because man the enemy looks for ways to isolate us just like how you were saying you know you know you felt like you were the only one going through that like yeah. he derives off of that if he can get you to feel isolated and that is just you then then you you can go down that that, that downward spiral a whole lot faster yes. you know once you isolate yourself. So, man, I love how you've been through it. You've been through it. Everything that you're going to talk to us about, you have been through everything. You, you The process, you get, you, you've been through that and you get to talk your clients through that. I love how you said you were born to walk people through the hard things. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. an assignment, girl. Not, 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 not everybody can do that. Okay, <laughs> walk people through the hard things. Yeah, yeah. You got to be called for. You got to be called to that. You got to be graced yeah. for that. And I love how you you said uh, therapy is a ministry. Mm-hmm. You're I passionate about that. So thing. much ministry in. Um, therapeutic spaces because even all my clients are not believers but I don't ever enter that space for those that are believers I will tell them listen I don't ever come into the space alone I'm not that smart and I can't do it by myself I am always depending on Holy Spirit to show up and for me the secret sauce is he will tell me Holy Spirit will tell me and show me even I've seen it's insane how I've seen um God used the word of knowledge um, and even, I won't say open visions, but just showing me in my mind um, where people are. And I kind of ease it in like, mm-hmm. well, I feel like this. Is this what's happening? Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's exactly it. And I didn't mm-hmm. have to work for that. Um, and it's because Holy Spirit is showing me. And yeah. so. Um, you got the secret weapon there. Right? It's called yeah. the secret weapon, the, the revealer. Yes. The, um, you know, we always. We're at an advantage with the Holy Spirit, you know, all seeing, all knowing sort of thing. Like, yes, yes. I love how you um, invite Holy Spirit into your sessions. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people come in with such heavy things. Um, and it is easy to carry the burden of the people. My job is to carry it back to the Lord. My job is not to carry it home. And mm-hmm. so I can't. Um, I can't effectively care back to the Lord if I don't, you know, invite him into the space. And like I said, sometimes people come in not even knowing what they need or how they need it. Yeah, and, and how to articulate what they right. need. For, yeah. Right. 
And so that's why I also need Holy Spirit to say, it's so funny because sometimes people will be saying, uh, this is the issue. And Holy Spirit is like, that ain't really the nah. issue. And I'm like, okay. Uh, well, they're, well, probably, they're probably telling you what the fruit is. And yeah, then but you not you the, root. the fruit. <laughs> so many times. And I have to say stuff like, I know this is going to be strange. What I usually tell people is, I see what you don't say. I'm sorry. I see what you don't do. And I hear what you don't say. Oh, so I you like may that. be saying this, but I'm hearing what you're not saying. You may be mm-hmm. doing this, but I'm mm-hmm. seeing what you're not doing. And mm-hmm. that helps me to better understand where my real work is. I don't want to work on fruit. That's that's mm-hmm. easy. It's a waste of time. Well, and it, but it's a waste of time, energy, and effort too, though. Yeah. If you if you're dealing with the fruit and not the root of the matter, I want to work on the root. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So so then I end up saying, I know you didn't say this, but I'm kind of sensing this. Is this mm-hmm. what happened to you when you were three? And they like, well, yes. Okay, <laughs> let's start there. I know we talking about that. You know, Let's start at three. Let's talk about that thing. Because I think that's the thing that's going to help us heal the, the, yes. the thing that happened at 17. Yes, yes, yes. What a beautiful uh, story and a beautiful entrance into um, the thing you were born and called to do. Wow. I love how our daddy, I I, I like to call him the master orchestrator. Like yeah. he has it orchestrated. Really? So nice. Yes. You know, and those those doors that um get shut in our face, they really redirect us to um where we're supposed to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Wow. So I want you um now that our audience uh knows more about you and knows just how qualified you are, my sister. <laughs> I want you to talk to us about trauma, like what what is trauma? And then I want you to um, break that down for us a little, um, even more than that, and let us know the different types of trauma. Because I believe for a lot of us, we hear that word and we use it loosely, mm-hmm. but I want you to inform us and and um, educate us on what trauma really is. And then, like I said, God, go through at least some of the different types of trauma. And if you want to share any statistics as well, you, you can do that. Thank you. Okay, cool. So um, because I am a doctor le- uh, learner, it is important to me to give uh, credit to the people that wrote the information. So according to the Trauma-Informed Care Implementation Resource Center, trauma is a pervasive problem. It results from exposure to an incident or a series of events that are emotionally disturbing or life-threatening with lasting adverse effects on the individual's functioning and mental physical, social, emotional, and or spiritual well-being. And so it is essentially anything that is um, distressing or disturbing that has long-term impacts on your mental health, emotional health, physical health, um, psychological health, or your uh, spiritual religious experience. Um, So there is this thing I mentioned a little bit earlier called ACEs or Adverse Childhood Experiences. Mm -hmm. And it kind of breaks down. Hold on, let me pull this up. I'm sorry. Here we go. So it kind of breaks down um, 
the different uh, categories of adverse childhood experiences. So different trauma categories. <laughs> so we have abuse, which includes physical abuse, social, uh, sexual abuse, and emotional abuse. You mm-hmm. have neglect, which is emotional and physical neglect. And then you have household dysfunction, which is uh, any type of household substance abuse, parental divorce, household mental illness, if the mother is treated violently in front of the children or mm-hmm. one of the parents, I'm sorry, one of the household members is incarcerated. So those are different levels or categories of trauma. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, um, especially now, trauma is like a buzzword and everybody is mm-hmm. talking about trauma and everybody is, um, you know, well, that was traumatic for me. Well, uh, was it dramatic or did you just put yourself in a silly situation and now you just mad because you can't forget? It is not the same, you know. Yeah. Um, it has to be something that is literally disturbing and distressing to one of those categories, your mental, emotional, physical, or spiritual health. Like it has to be uh, distressing to that, creating issues in that. And so with a study on ACEs or adverse childhood experiences, it talks about uh, there's a lot of of um, research, so there's a lot of numbers, and the more of those categories that you fall into, or the more <laughs> experiences that you have had that fall into one of those categories, the mm-hmm. higher you are for uh, potential risk. So mm-hmm. some of the risks that they mention are lack of physical activity, smoking. Now, these are all potential outcomes of people who have experienced any of those categories of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, alcoholism, drug use, you start to miss work, uh, sexually transmitted diseases, suicide attempts, depression, di- diabetes, severe mm-hmm. Obesity, heart disease, cancer, stroke, COPD, and broken bones. Um, so, wow. yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Any of those categories, and so let's just say a person who just experiences physical abuse may only have broken bones, right? But a person who experiences physical, sexual, emotional abuse, and has an incarcerated parent, they may experience suicide attempts, STDs, depression, diabetes, severe. They may experience multiple mm. of these uh, risk outcomes. Mm based on research. So when you start to understand that, you start to understand that if a girl or boy, for that matter, if a person experiences sexual abuse in their childhood, they may end up on either end of the spectrum. They may close themselves off. And so they don't want to sleep with anybody at all. They have a hard time making connections or they may feel like, well, somebody else and I already took this thing, you know, this quote unquote precious thing that I had to give. And so they may be sleeping with everybody. But that is a response to trauma, Mm. not just because you so bad and you don't care about yourself and uh, you just want to sleep with a bunch of people. No, I'm so broken. And. Trauma has literally shaped my brain to believe that I don't, and the enemy, because they work hand in hand, trauma and the enemy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm literally, I have literally been taught to believe that I have no value and I have no worth. And so if, if we have something in our home that has no value or no worth, you know, if the, if the couch don't have any value, you may stand on it to get to the top shelf. You know, mm-hmm. you, you won't treat it as delicately as you did, as you would if you felt like, man, this thing has great value. This thing has great worth. 
So to connect that to therapy spaces, if you come to me and you're like, you know, I'm just sleeping with a lot of people and uh, I don't really care, you know, but that's not really what I'm here for. That's fruit. I don't Mm -hmm. even care about that. Mm -hmm. What I care about is the root. What happened that caused you to feel this way about yourself? Because once we heal the root, the fruit will, will, the the fruit will be healthy. I don't need to talk about why are you sleeping with so many people? You know that that's wrong. You know that that's not healthy. You know that you shouldn't do that. So I don't need to spend my time telling you what you know. That's not what you come to me for. You come Mm -hmm. to me to talk about the root so that the fruit can ultimately on its own be healed or through the work be healed. Wow. 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 So we're going to end it here for today. I just love how she started off with sharing her journey with us, right? The road she had to walk um, in dealing with rejection, how she went the traditional and Christian route with therapy, along with doing uh, inner healing and deliverance, like our therapist, she put in the work, right? She did the whole shebang. Okay. (laughs) She said she was born to do this. She was born to walk people through the hard things and that this is ministry for her. She was made for this for sure, right? I, I think we agree with her. I don't know about you, but I feel that you and I, that we are in Very good hands for season number 10. You know, she gave us a quick recap. She gave us the definition of uh, trauma. She also gave us some of the categories or types of trauma like abuse, neglect, household dysfunction. She also gave us some potential outcomes, right, of going through these traumas. Did any of them jump out at you? Because I was listening and I'm like, man, it made me uh, stop and think, right, that when you see these types of behavior in someone's life, it could very well be that it's, it's a result or the fruit of some type of trauma that they've experienced. I, I want to end by pointing out a few things that she said. I want to end this recap by pointing out a few things. So she said that trauma and the enemy, that they work hand in hand and that we're taught to believe that we have no value and worth. Listen, just know that we're going to get to undo all of that with these sessions. Okay. And I'm excited about that part. She also said that Once we heal the root, the fruit will be healthy. Once we heal the root, the fruit will be healthy. That is definitely the goal. Lord, help us to be healed at the root so that the fruit of our lives can be healthy. Amen. All right. So thanks for tuning in today. If you want to learn more about our therapist, Ms. Kristen Blackshear, you can go to her website. It is cedartreeptc.net. I will put that uh, link in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about me, you can go to marleneabaugh.com. Be sure to join the email list while you're there. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, let's stay connected. If you're on social media, my handle is Marlene A. Ball on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And uh, for our Facebook users, we have our own private Facebook community. Uh, just type in Confidence Becomes Her and hit that join button. Anyway, the next time we speak, we're going to hear the second part of this first session with our therapist. And she's going to share uh, on this next part, she's going to share even more categories of trauma. And she's also going to walk us through the steps uh, of healing for healing from rejection. She's going to walk us through the steps for healing from rejection. So you don't want to miss that. All right. Until next time, go be great. And I will talk to you soon.